There are certain occasions that are, uh, by their nature, very uh, easy to prepare for. Easter. Uh, We put it on the calendar, and we know what we need to do. We know what we need to buy. We know how we need to arrange our our schedule. And and then when that day comes, we gather together, we dress up, and we celebrate. Mom's Day, Father's Day, right? Yeah, they're on the calendar. I know you might want to pretend that you didn't know, but you knew. And so you prepare and we celebrate. Christmas. Like we, we know, we count it down. How many days left? Do you remember? How many days left? And we kind of walk you through the whole time and we're just, we know exactly what to do and we're all ready. And it's even easy for preachers because for the most part, those days, uh, the sermons are already selected for us. We're, today we're gonna be preaching about an angel visiting Mary this morning. Oh, it must be Christmas. And then there are those occasions that come upon us and we are not prepared for. All of a sudden, we're dealing with emotions and thoughts and feelings and we weren't really ready for this. And sometimes that hits, it hits pastors. I had a sermon ready, Deuteronomy 27, 28. We're in the middle of a series, the gospel, which will always matter, always matter, maybe even on days like today, more, more than ever. I was gonna be preaching from Deuteronomy chapters 27 and 28 on the blessings and the curses of Israel. And how important it is for us as a people to, to realize, and I, I may preach that sermon next week. We may just move on. I don't know. We have to figure that out. But sometimes occasions are given to us. I believe sometimes God just says, deal with this. And we have to. And we, we can't stop thinking about it. We can't stop feeling about it. Times like these just come. And we have an opportunity to reflect on it. People, um, people have kind of a very uh, typical and almost expected response when occasions like that, which has uh, embraced this city over the last couple of days and will continue for a while to come. People have very... Um, Typical responses. Um, maybe you're still in some of these. Maybe it'll be a while before you get out of any of them. Shock. I, I just uh, can't believe it. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. So, sometimes that's, I think, a, a God's gift to us when we have to deal with things that are beyond our capabilities to understand or even emotionally respond to. Here's a pretty common response, silence. Heard a number of people talk about in different contexts yesterday, just how quiet it was. We were at Walmart and it's amazing just how quiet everybody was. Teams getting ready to take the field or to do the march, to do the walk and just um, although there were people doing things, some players were talking about um, the, the silence of it. There was no music that was playing. An announcer comes on and says, hey, make sure you call your mom and your dad and tell them that you're okay. Silence. Appropriate. People are um, asking some questions. Are you asking any questions today? 
Why? Why them? Why, why not me? Why? Why? And then, and then there are those of us, and I will just say for the most part, I'm speaking from someone who loves to be there for people and really struggles. I just had to learn just when to, when, when to speak and when to be silent. But there's always a lot of people that want to give answers, that want to fill the air with their commentary. And maybe they're just trying to just deal with the awkwardness of it, trying to come up with something to say. And it all seems rather small, doesn't it? At least mine does. So all, all, everyone's asking questions. Everyone's seeking something. Um, here, here's a, a real common one. Just utter confusion. Uh, a line that I heard today from a friend of mine who was involved in law enforcement said, uh, talking about those who were there and were bringing aid. And he said, I, I've known a lot of these guys and I know that they've seen a lot of difficult things. And I saw some pretty tough men Tough people called it with a thousand foot stare. Hmm. That's a good. That's a good way to describe it, isn't it? Are you there? Are you, are, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Thousand foot stare. Just absolute confusion. So, what do we do in in, in moments like that? I, I know that there is a a very natural response for us to retreat, for us to shut down. And I think at times it's even good for us to, to do some of those things that may appear very natural to us. I believe God has given us a body and a mind that will naturally respond. There is a, in Ecclesiastes 3, it just says there are times for different things. And I just think it's appropriate. I think we're in one of those times where it's time to be, honest. it's time to be confused. It's time. It's time to be reflective. I know a lot of people that are just scared. Just absolutely scared. Not just children, not just kids. But moms and dads that are kind of replaying the events of the last few days and just, just unsettled at least, right? We're trying to figure out how can we make sure this doesn't happen again? We, we, we realize that maybe we're not as in control that we, as we thought we were, and we're looking for ways to regain that control. There are some Bible verses and some, um, some words of Scripture that really uh, expose me for who I am in my failures. And interestingly enough, one of them really comes at, 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 at times like this. I have a personality that, that leads towards, leans towards laughter. It, it leans towards a good time and having a good time and making light of things. And yet when I read the Bible and I describe what the Bible actually says, I'll, I'll catch people off guard when I'll say this. Well, you know what the Bible says about laughter, right? And then people regularly say, oh yeah, you know, it's wonderful medicine. It cheers the heart. And, and truthfully speaking, and I love this book, it doesn't say a whole lot of good things about laughter. Inter inter interestingly enough, it actually gives us times like this. It, it kind of exposes people like me. And it says some things. Ecclesiastes chapter seven. Let me just read this to you. 
Yeah, there are no slides prepared for today, by the way. Ecclesiastes 7. The Bible says, It is better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow, I would need the Bible to tell me this is true. I could not have figured this one out on my own. Sorrow is better than laughter. For by sadness of face, the heart is made glad. Sorrow is better than laughter. For by sadness of face, the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is actually in the house of mourning. But the heart of fools is in the house of mirth or cheerfulness. Wow. So it becomes actually moments like this that, that you and I have been given by God an opportunity to, to look at life. And, and by the way, we're not the only ones. It was just a few weeks ago I was sharing a time in which I happened to be going through a very small, personal, uh, family-type crisis. And, and I walked into a church service that day and I was completely disconnected from everything that was happening. And today it's all of us. Today it's every one of us. It's kind of half somewhere else. Is that where you are? It's half somewhere else. And the Bible actually says it's at moments like this, like it's, it's good. I love the honesty that the Bible brings to the, the brokenness of this fallen world that we actually live in. And it says, you need to spend time there. You need to think through that. You need to reflect upon these things. Like these things are true in this broken world that, that we live in. And therefore, let us learn from this. Let us consider ourselves in light of the control that we cannot have. Let, let us... Let us think about God. Let us think about ourselves. Let us think about the difference between the two and then therefore come to a different sense of peace, a different place. There's a section of scripture I'm grateful for Drew Moss and him helping me see this. I thought, I, I know this, this chapter. It's in actually Psalm 103. You can look at it later. Psalm 103 the whole, the, whole, the whole chapter is about the bigness of God and how great he is, and particularly his forgiveness given to us. It begins with, bless the Lord, O my soul. But if you were to ask me, what would I want to compare alongside the fragile nature of humankind, the frailty or the brevity of our lives? What would I want to cast that beside? I would probably... I'd probably say the eternal nature of God, right? Our, our lives are like this, and God is just eternal. And what's interesting is, is that Psalm 103 picks a very specific attribute of God to kind of cast beside just how fragile you and I are. Verse 13, listen to this. For the Father, or as a Father, shows compassion to his children. So the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame and he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and it is gone. 
and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord establishes his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. I mean, it's, it's amazing how this book knows the reality of pain and brokenness. If anything, it gives us one of the clearest pictures of what many of you and I are, are thinking and feeling right now. It's at moments like this that we are looking for answers. Like I said in first service, here, here's the answer. The answer is God. But then after that, it, it really does get rather interesting and complicated and nuanced and, and deep and profound. And I don't have like an answer. But I think it's at moments like this, it's really even good for us to remember it matters where you go in crises like these. I remember a young man just a few years ago, I was sharing the gospel with him and he decided to take that great step, that final step of confession of allegiance to Jesus Christ. And we were gonna baptize him that Sunday and he, he walked into the lobby that morning and I, I saw him and he was way earlier than he should have ever been here. And I said, hey, what are you doing here? It's kind of early, isn't it? And he said, yeah, I know. He said, I need to talk to you. And I said, well, what's going on? And he just said, my mom just died. And we weren't expecting it at all. Just out of nowhere, just a few hours ago, my mom passed away. And I looked at him and, and, and just, you know, that pastoral concern that I have. And I said, so do we, do we need to delay this? Like, like, should we find a better time, a more appropriate time? And he looked at me and said, no, no. Like, I, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus Christ and, and we can take care of some of those other things later. This is where I need to be right now as I try to understand what is going on. It reminded me of a time when Everybody, most of us, I think, in this room can still remember really clearly. Some of us are just really young. But when 9-11 hit, and I'll never forget watching the images on the television at the college where I was teaching, and everything is just, everything stopped. And as we are just glued to try to figure out what this new normal is going to look like, guy by the name of Bob walked up to the TV at a few minutes before 10 o'clock that morning and just turned it off. And he looked back at us and he said, time for chapel. Chapel? Do you not know what's going on? Chapel? And the answer is yeah. There is a time to go to church. There's a time to be the church. There's a time for us to gather around and to, and to realize that this is the place to bring silence and confusion and questions and sadness. There are some people right now, I, I know, and if not, it will come, who will get angry. Angry as to why this happened. Angry at a person Angry at the world, angry at God. 
That's why it's good for us to come together, together, you and I together as brothers and sisters in Christ so that you and I can gain a perspective that we couldn't get anywhere else, to be given words of wisdom that we just couldn't get. I would never have figured that out on my own. I would be left to ask questions that have no apparent understanding or at all, especially as I surround myself with other people who are just as shell-shocked, just as confused, and just as angry. But these things are, are more true than what you and I are thinking right now. They are more true than what you and I are feeling right now. And the first one is this, is that God is aware The repeated picture of the Bible of our God is a God who is aware of these things. The number of times he says, I have seen their pain. I have seen their circumstances. And behold, I'm coming to do something. God is aware. I know that in the middle of our silence, it might seem as though he may never speak. And we interpret that silence as him being distant or aloof or maybe even not knowing. But he knows. I, I would argue this, that the, the God of the Bible that, that I love and that you love, that we are, that we are trying to, to, to go through this journey together with, that God is intimately aware of all of it. I'm trying to piece it together in my circumstances, in my life, with my family. And and, and my extended friends, many of whom were right down there, really close. And I'm trying to process it. And if you just stop and think at how many different ways God is also intimately aware. And I hope that brings comfort to you. Because there's, by the way, there's lots of things that you and I are that God is. I think God weeps and God grieves. But there are things that, that we are that God is not. Like God is not surprised. God is not shocked. God is not confused. He's not. I know, I know that brings more questions sometimes for us. I get it. I do. I've been there. But the reality is, is that God is not those things. And therefore, you and I can begin to find peace and comfort and not control. But we, we, can, we can find strength in his presence. See, God is aware. Another thing that I, I really want you to, to, to lean into over these next few, and I don't know, days, weeks, months, years, I want you to lean into the fact that God is still with us. I'm not just aware, but with. This is one of the profound pictures that we have of our God as opposed to other ways of expressing this reality all around us. And that is that the God that made the universe is truly with us. Like he just... He doesn't just generically sympathize with our sorrows, but God is with us. God became one of us and has shared our sorrows in the most intimate of ways. And so it's not just God's generic presence, 
but it is the fact that God enters into our experience through Jesus Christ, therefore giving us, therefore giving us a perspective, a perspective that we need in moments like this. That through Jesus Christ and what God offers us, I mean, there, there is a hope that exists for those who believe. And I want you to remember this, brothers and sisters, who, who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he has given you the Holy Spirit. And that doesn't mean that you don't cry, and that doesn't mean that you're not afraid, and it doesn't mean that you're never confused. It just means that in the midst of all of those things, we have God's presence with us. That's what it means. And in the midst of that meaning, we have, or in the midst of that confusion, we have meaning. And in the midst of that struggle, we have hope. And in the midst of that anger, we, we realize there's someone else. There's someone much bigger than us who will take care of all of these things. So I don't have to. I don't have to be in control because I know that he is and he is with us. And, and I want you to know this, is that God is not just with us but that God is actively involved in all of these things. I, I can't draw the lines. It's, it's been, this happens whenever there's any kind of, of accident, any kind of uh, circumstances that, that really we're, we're trying to connect the dots and we can't connect the dots, even in our own day. And I'm not going to try to do those. The Lord has not given me any kind of direct revelation as to why and why specifically, I don't know. But I do know this, that God is actively involved in, in bringing hope and healing and peace in situations like this. I've, I've got text messages and, and emails and phone calls and it's, it's interesting, I'm watching the news, people in Canada, I'm watching the news and by the way, I want you to know I'm praying for you and we were watching the news, and I'm thinking to myself, the people that they're seeing are actually people I know. A lot of the people who are from this church. So when we say things like, hey, I'm praying for you, do you realize the number of people that we can be praying for, not just those who have been injured, but those who are providing profound levels of understanding and peace and moving forward? God is actively involved in this through the lives of many people that I call a brother and sister in Christ. God is actively involved in bringing his understanding and his comfort and his peace. Hear me, he is not limited to us, but he has invited us in this process. And therefore, when we talk about praying for our community and praying for all of these people, I hope that you are praying for those brothers and sisters in Christ who are on the front of the front lines of this. And pray for their wisdom and pray for their strength and pray for their encouragement and pray for their, uh, their, their leadership opportunities. I, had, I, I, spent, I sent some very important texts yesterday. I just want you to know I will be praying for you as you stand up in moments like this and lead. For God's strength to be in you. And I just want you to realize like, like when, when people are asking where is God in moments like this, maybe they don't need to have a, don't need to debate him, but maybe you can demonstrate to them 
the work of God that is right now happening in you and through you. Maybe what they're saying is, I'm scared and I'm mad and I don't get this. And maybe it's moments like that that you and I are going to have opportunities where we can speak some profound truth to them. Maybe right now, um, some of the biggest issues that you have are that you're trying to figure things out and maybe it's now time for people to minister to you. But I promise you, God is in control of all of this. And that which seems senseless and nonsensical to us is still in his sovereign care. I can't explain it to you. I just believe that the God who knows about the fall and and, and the God who, who sent his son here to redeem us from the brokenness the one who puts an end to death and to dying, and the one who brings a new life and new hope to all circumstances. The Bible just seems to not paint him as helplessly sitting in the corner, but actively engaged. I want to remind you, it's at moments like this, maybe we're most aware of those times where God is actively redeeming and actively restoring this broken world. Maybe one of the reasons why you and I get both confused and frustrated, angry, is because now, maybe for the first time in a while, we have to deal with how fragile and frail and scared we are in this crazy, out-of-control world. It's good to remember, let me just quote Mike Gundy, I'll be doing this for a while now. It's just a game. Maybe that's good for us to remember. And by the way, it wasn't just yesterday's game that was just a game. No, they're all just games. They're all just games, actually. It doesn't mean they don't have, we can't enjoy them. It doesn't mean that we'll never laugh again. It doesn't mean that we'll never, so Jim, is this the way it's going to be? No, no. Sadly enough, it will all get back to normal again. It may be good enough for us. It'll all, isn't that great? It'll all get back to normal again. And therefore, let us, Let us take advantage of this opportunity to learn about ourselves and about our great God who loves us with a steadfast love and has provided for us through the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ. He knows our pain and he is there and he is equipping us over the next few days, weeks, months, or years, it might be a conversation with a friend. It might be a conversation with your children. It should be a conversation with your children. Conversations that maybe have needed to be had. You and I can now have them because we sense, for some reason, right? We just sense that something has changed. Before that just slips away, Let us make the most of moments like these. It is good for us to come into the house of the Lord and to sing praise to his name, for he is truly great and he is worthy of everything. It's good to come here to be reminded of a bigger perspective. It's it's good to come here and just to comfort one another just to say to a brother or a sister in Christ, I love you. 
This is what it means to be church, people. This is what it means to be the people of God. And therefore, I want to just conclude our time. We still have, we're going to still going to partake of the Lord's Supper. But I want to just leave you with a benediction. And so at this time, I want those guys who are going to be helping us with the trays, they can leave. But let me, let me just give you a benediction. This is the kind of blessings that they would love to, to give over people um, as they prepare for things usually. And I think there is a lot that you and I uh, need to be ready to engage over the next few weeks. I, how many of you plan on talking about what happened yesterday over the next few days, right? All of us. Therefore, may the God of peace bring peace to you. And may he calm your angry heart so that you will know how to deal with the the confusion and the frustration even of those that you love most in a very real way. May, May the God of comfort bring you comfort and those families comfort. May may the God of all strength give you strength so that you can endure and so that you can remain strong. May the God of wisdom give you the words to say or the wisdom to say nothing. For all glory and honor and power belong to him. The brothers and sisters in the Lord said,